Time again for another episode of Scaring and Sharing. Yeah, it's a podcast where we share spooky news and our frightful views with each other and you about all things horror. And I am here today with the original Sasquatch Slim, Jeremy Rusk. You are so beautiful. Oh, thank you. And as always, <laughs> I am here with the effervescent Brandy Joe Planbeck, the flaming scream queen himself. When you say it, I just feel like glitter, just like expound from my brain and all around me. You should. I like I like effervescent. That's one of my favorite uh, descriptors for uh, awesome people. Yeah, I like it, too. And I feel like it might describe me at least from time to time. Like I can't get bitchy and stuff, you know. Because yeah. I'm I'm human, okay? If I didn't, I would worry about me if I could just always be in a state of like good moods, but you know, mm-hmm. that's not that's not real. It's not Jeremy. how we are. Sometimes we turn into <laughs> bitchy people. So <laughs> and if you've never listened to us before, hello, welcome. Good to have you here. But Jeremy and I just talk about horror things and life and stuff for a, the first half. Then we assign a movie to the other person they've not seen before. Then we take a brief break. We come back and we talk about them. So pull up a coffee, pull up a coffee, <laughs> pull up a coffee, <laughs> pull up a stool, grab a, a coffee, grab a coffee or a martini or a J or whatever makes you happy. And out with us for a little bit yeah depending on what time of day it is maybe you're driving you know so uh, don't have a martini so if you're don't driving. Have a martini <laughs> if you're in the car listening to this but if you're like walking or like hiking or something maybe then have a yeah. martini yeah in the woods <laughs> i guess uh jeremy okay so i we had a playwright in town last week michael miserani he's from california and he yeah. has this like trilogy of play he plays he wrote which are like all kind of like fucked up gay stories like horror adjacent mm-hmm. but we were i was driving him to the airport and since he loves horror movies like we do we have so much to talk about but in the midst of our conversations like i it just hit me i'm like when was the first movie that had two in the title like the first sequel because oh. you think about the old school ones and it's all like son of frankenstein or whatever you know yep. like bride of dracula whatever they are i don't even know if i'm saying the correct ones because that's your Wheelhouse. Yeah. Your wheelhouse, which is also a weird term, a house full of wheels or made out of wheels. But you are correct in that. Yeah. All those old sequels always were son of you're getting the names right. So, yeah. So when I was talking to Michael about this, he looked it up. And the first ever movie that had two in it that was a sequel was a horror movie. Oh, okay, cool. Quarter quarter mass two in 1957, which was a hammer horror. Quater mass. Quater mass. Yep. <laughs> it looks like quarter. It does look like quarter. Yep. Nope. Nope. It's quater mass. You've mentioned this movie before. I don't know about part two, but you've mentioned quater mass at any yes. rate. Yeah, I've seen the first one. Okay. But yes, so the sequel, Quater Mass 2, was the first movie ever to have two in the title. Wow. As, a, as a sequel. I mean, I'm sure other movies probably had two in the title, like if it was yeah. called like two angry men or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Uh <laughs> wow, I didn't know that. Isn't that interesting? Good for Hammer. I know. And I'm glad Michael pulled that up. But I thought that was fascinating. Like, it just hit me. And I'm like, oh, like, when was that? And I love that it was a horror movie. Yeah. 
Yeah. I also do have to say, though, I like when movies are more original and have something like Son of This or a continuation of the title. The only place it gets tricky is now that we are in such a sequel-heavy world, which we've been in a long time, of course. Mm-hmm. But it get, it would be hard to know which one is the next one without having to do like research, if you didn't know already. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I think about like the Friday the 13th, uh, series where it's like it's just easier like half the time I forget what some of the subtitles are and I'm just like part two part three part you know and you know which one it is just by saying part whatever yeah so, so I go back and forth on what I like but I think that it's fun in the Friday th- 13th series where they did have sort of a secondary part to it where yep. it's like whatever Jason takes Manhattan yes yes like <laughs> like have the number and then an additional thing I think that that's fun yeah did you know about this show called Urban Legend, this Eli Roth series on like the travel channel or something? I think I heard some rumblings about it. I know that Eli Roth has jumped into like reality television and like documentary television like production. So I I thought that's kind of an interesting career, a new uh, era of his career. So, well, it's interesting because it's not really it. It's not really those things. But it is like each episode is based on an urban legend. It has like a different director. Some of them are directed by the same people, but there Mm -hmm. are some different directors. But they take an urban legend and then sort of expand it to like a 45-minute thing. Mm -hmm. But it has been fun. I've watched three of them. And they don't – it doesn't lead up to like the ending that you know from like the urban legend. Like hiding and laying eggs in your face, for instance, is one called The Bite, I think is the name of the episode. They sort of take it and then it it does some other weird stuff with it. So it's not like, oh, I know this one. Mm -hmm. You do, but then it does some other fucked up stuff with it. It's not like amazing, but it's fun because it's on like the Travel Channel. So I watch it on Discovery Plus because they're like owned by the same people. Yeah. But there's like F bombs and stuff thrown around. It's fun. Oh, whoa. Okay. I so love F bombs. Yeah. Maybe it's that it must be meant for streaming and not actually play on uh, TV or anything. Yeah. And that I don't know because I heard about it because someone's like, oh, it's on the dis- um, the Travel Channel or whatever. Huh. But I just looked it up and found it on Discovery Plus. Or maybe they edit it for TV. That That could be as well. Yep. Um, what have you been watching this week or what news? Tell me some things. Tell me, tell, tell you some things. Um, I was, I was just looking at my letterbox and I'm like, eh, not really anything of note going on in the past week. Other than I did what, and this might be a crazy, uh, admission. Uh, but the other night I watched the first resident evil, uh, movie and I'm pretty sure I've never actually seen it all the way through as I was watching it like I always thought it was one of those movies that I saw it as like a kid when it came out or as a you know a teenager when it happened but as I watched it I'm like now nah, there's chunks of this where I'm like I don't I don't recognize this so I must have never have actually seen the whole movie all the way through um, but I will say as I watched it I'm like this movie kind of rocks actually like this really is, this is fun yeah it's it's not smart really or clever it's just an action movie with zombies and you know mayhem but the action is non-stop so it's never boring <laughs> so i'm like this this is this is kind of fun i don't know about the rest of the series um i've seen bits and pieces of like all of them i think over the years and they get increasingly i know ludicrous but that first one i'm like actually this was a i feel like a um i wouldn't say underrated but like forgotten i think from its time and place nobody talks about that first one anymore so are the effects good it seems well, like they, it would be they, very dated. 
Yeah, the CGI does not look great, uh, especially towards them. There's a monster that they did like fully CGI and it looks like video game graphics from like the 2000s. So you're like, all right, that doesn't hold up. But the zombies are all practical and a lot of the like gore effects are practical. So that still looks really cool, uh, of which there are plenty in there. Um, and I feel like it is a pretty good representation of because people always complain about video game to movie adaptations. That's still like the lost frontier of like, when are we ever going to get a, a a good adaptation of a video game? But I think that that first Resident Evil did a pretty good job of capturing like the original video game. So and that series, The Last of Us, that's based on a video game, right? Is it sort of zombie ish yeah. or is it just post apocalyptic? Oh. It is kind of zombie-ish, but they do this like really cool twist with the zombies where the disease is actually like this fungus. Yeah, uh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. It kills it kills people and then like reanimates their body as this like fungus monster. Oh, like, like, I they, love like, that. Start, yeah, they start turning into this like half plant, half human thing, uh, and they can't see. They're totally blind, so they they hunt through uh, like echolocation and like sound and stuff. So cool. it's it's kind of neat. But uh, the the first I haven't played. There's two Last of Us games. I've only played the first one, and I think it's amazing. Like just as a, a story, because um, it's one of those games where you're you're half doing stuff and half just kind of like in, engrossed by the story of it. So uh, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I know some people who really love the video game that are very skeptical, but the fact that it's like HBO makes mm-hmm. gives me some hope, like that it's not just going to be, I don't know, because I, I know you talked about Silent Hill before, but I, and I didn't play the video game, but I hated that movie. I can understand it. It's a, it, it it's, it's hard. Like if you don't know, especially that, the Silent Hill movie, I feel like if you don't know anything about Silent Hill, like lore from the video games, the movie is nonsensical and there's like no way to like fully, you know, there it just it's just a mess. And if you know even just a little bit about the games, it, the plot makes a little more sense and certain things mean more. But I get it. Um, but yeah, Last of Us is the people that made Chernobyl. Which uh, I did not see. I'm kind of nervous to watch it, but I've heard it's very good. It I, it was incredible. I thought it's so dark and so heavy because you're like, yeah. this is this actually happened, and it's pretty hor- horrific. But um, the fact that it's those guys and they, they did a top notch job with Chernobyl, I think Last of Us will be pretty cool. Yeah, and while I get what you're saying about Silent Hill, and like if you didn't know the video game, it may not be as easy to understand like they should be trying to reach a wider audience like it should oh, have been accessible to me they, they should yeah that's the mistake there was they went too hard with i think like fans of the video game look at all this stuff we put in there for you guys and most people are like what is this like why would i even care about this so some cool designs and some cool atmosphere for sure like, oh yeah absolutely but- but yeah, I was just kind of like, ugh. And I love Roger Miller. I believe that's how you pronounce her name. Mm-hmm. So I was very excited to see her in there. And then disappointed. Yeah, so hopefully the, the new movie they're doing, I understand uh, for this, uh, it's, what is it? It's going to be called Return to Silent Hill, the new movie that's in production. Uh, they are taking just the plot of the video, Silent Hill 2 specifically, which is like probably the most beloved game out of the entire series and they're just doing a straight like one-to-one adaptation of that story into a movie and i'm like okay that might be a little more coherent and be 
uh, a smarter move is just yeah because the original movie was a mix they took like stuff from like a bunch of the games and kind of mashed them all together and it's got kind of disjointed so okay <clears throat> i'll check it out for sure because mm-hmm. i love the idea of silent yeah. hell oh the idea is incredible like i i've played parts of the games over the years and it's like yeah they are really scary like the time they came out they were definitely spooky and scary and cool so uh, and there's just so much weird stuff in there that yeah come on it's like hellraiser but a whole town essentially like it, you can do so much with it so it's great. like burnt isn't that like burnt there's like ashes yeah there's like a uh something to do with a fire because yeah the whole the whole games are based on this idea where there's like the real world and then you sometimes step into this like shadow reality of the same place that's you know got all this awful shit in it and there was like a fire in the town it gets all weird and metaphysical so <laughs> it's wild interesting i know earlier we were talking about um the use of the word fuck in tv series and i was watching i i finally like had got back into Chucky to season two. There's like enough episodes. If I start watching them now, I'll be able to like, I think as like two more weeks before the season's wrapped up. Mm-hmm. So I watched uh, the kill count with our buddy, James Agenese. Um, and he's not really our buddy, but I wish he was. We wish he was. Uh, <laughs> we, we're going to get him one day. But they did a kill count of season one because I thought, oh, well, this will be a, like a fun way to like have like, here's what happened on season one. It's like an hour. It's mm-hmm. awesome. It's oh, cool. So good. But he had so many facts in there and like things that I did not know, which I like totally should have known. Like, I didn't know that Devin Sawa plays two characters. Oh. I only thought he was one of them. I didn't realize he played brothers. I didn't know he was both of these guys in the first mm. season. And I didn't know that Fiona Dorf. Dorif? I'm saying that right, right? Yeah, Fiona Dorif, yep. Yeah, I didn't know that she played the younger version of her dad in it also. Like, it oh. looked so much like, I didn't think it was him. I, I thought it might be him, but like with computer generated making him look younger. Uh-huh. But it's her because she kind of looks like him. And so they just did some makeup and put on a wig and it looks like him. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. But also, so sorry, back to the, the F-bombs. They were allotted 10 uses of the word fuck every episode. Wow. <laughs> and so, like, last night I started watching, I watched the first one, and I, I started counting, and then I sort of forgot about it. But there were at least, like, six in there <laughs> of uh-huh. the second season. But the second season started off with a bang. Like, I really, really liked it. And James A. Jenny's just had so many good things to say about the first series. And I didn't even think that it... It, that the lead kid is supposed to sort of represent Mancini, like the younger version of him. And they showed like pictures of him as a youth and he does look very similar, which of course makes sense why the lead kid is gay because mm-hmm. he is gay. And, um, but yeah, and he, they talk about the, the actors like annoying faces in the first season or James A. Janice does. Cause they're, were a lot of times where I'm like, okay, like calm down your face because <laughs> it was a bit much, but he's already so much better in the second season. He is, uh-huh. he's grown up. So, um, but I'm really digging it and you still haven't watched it. Am I correct? I haven't watched it yet. Everyone is saying Dang. it's amazing. Um, I do think it's fascinating that it's such a success uh, to take this older, uh, you know, like most of them long in the tooth slasher franchise and then reinvent it as a TV show and everybody loves it. So that's what's making me think like, oh, that's why they're doing it with Friday the 13th. Instead of a movie, they're giving us a TV series to see how uh, I think that goes because they they have said Jason will be in it or versions of Jason. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of fascinated to see what 
what they do with that. Um, but if it's anything like the buzz that Chucky has gotten, I'm sure it'll be uh, something to talk about. So, yeah. And they, James A. Jennings does talk a little bit about that and how they're using teenagers. Um, and so it's like speaking to that new younger audience and mm-hmm. the music they use and everything like that. So I think that's really smart. And, and yeah, in this yeah, day and age too, it's like, how do you, how do you get people to see these movie, you know, entries of series that run uh, for long times? Maybe it's reinvented as television where that seems to be they've been saying for years that was the new frontier, of course. So uh, that uh, long format, you know, drama series. So I don't and know. They also James Agenies talks about how they had been talking about doing the TV series and then the remake came out and they hadn't been expecting that. And it was sort of like put on hold because it was like, well, is the remake going to be a huge hit? And then therefore, will it be like confusing? But since it was such a flop, then it, they sort of got like the green light yeah. to keep going. And I'm so glad. And they just showed a couple of pictures and you haven't seen the remake. No, right? Oof, nope. God. So bad. The yeah. doll just looks so, so bad. So Does bad. It, I've, yeah, the, the remake I've heard. Um, many people hate it. Absolutely. Uh, I've heard a few that had defenses for it, but not like that. It was a good movie, just not as bad as some people are saying, I guess, but generally all around, I'm hearing it wasn't great. So have you heard of the bastard son and the devil himself? No, it is. I think a Netflix series. I watch it on my, my little streaming site. So I don't know exactly where it is, but I think that is it. And it's, uh, like, I think a British show somewhere overseas, but it's like about witches, like this kid who was like born up as a witch and like, but his dad was like an evil witch and, and like the first episode was like awesome. And then the second episode, I was like, just like constantly falling asleep. So I haven't gone back to it. Uh, because it was boring quite honestly Um, one of those (laughs) but i was curious if you'd heard of it it's had really good ratings but i just couldn't get Get into it it. yeah yeah oh well i am we i think we talked about this before too didn't uh halloween ends have a disappointing box office Um, yeah not not great it was less than what they wanted yeah Yeah. less than what they wanted i wonder if that'll be a motive will they watching these other series i wonder if the next iteration of halloween will be like let's try a tv series with it Mm -hmm. and see see where that goes i'm wondering if that's the next uh frontier for halloween and speaking of that you know about talk scary to me the podcast with daniel harris and scott taylor compton yeah so i started it last night coming back from the airport from my trip to boston and i listened to maybe half of the first episode and talk about fascinating it is from october 31st 2021 so a little over a year ago and mm-hmm. they talk about have you ever met jamie lee curtis <laughs> And then they're like, neither one of them had. And they said, oh, my God, I bet if we met her, she wouldn't even know who we are because she doesn't watch these movies. Like, they totally Uh bring it up. And like, so then (laughs) I'm so curious to get to the more recent episodes where after they have met her to hear what they have to say, because they even talk about John Carpenter. Like, I think Danielle Harris met him at some point and he didn't really know who she was. But Uh like, they don't say like, God, if they wouldn't know who we were, it'd be like the worst. Like, they're. They're very aware. They're like, Jimmy Lee Curtis doesn't even watch these movies. Yeah. So she wouldn't probably know who we were. But mm-hmm. I'm enjoying it so far, I guess, that they're like, let's talk about horror, horror and sex and stuff. So I'm curious to see how it goes. But so far, yeah. it's fun. 
It's like interesting. Very cool. Okay, and I know we've now become sort of a Terrifier Two podcast, where we used to be a Friday the Thirteenth podcast. Yeah, we can't stop talking about <laughs> Terrifier Two because it's because awesome. It is awesome, and it just all of these things. I read this article about event cinema, which is like when something happens in the movie theaters that's you know more of an event than like you know your typical Wakanda Forever or whatever, like a big yeah. push. And how yep. Terrifier Two was sort of put out like that, and that there's other things like operas, and every once in a while they show like musicals and things like that for like a day. Yep. And have you heard that now they're planning on doing with the Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? What, <gasps> they're trying to make it like a Terrifier 2 sort of thing. They're going to do one of those. They are. They're trying to to do that because they talked about how Terrifier 2 is just going to be, you know, for a weekend or a couple of days. And it just did so well that it just kept getting pushed. Yeah, the word of mouth just yeah. blew that thing up. So, yeah. But they talk about how with this sort of event cinema, how you do fewer shows to get more people in. So the like per showing numbers are really high and how that's what they were doing with Terrifier 2. And that's why it was only like two shows a night because Uh they weren't even sure how that would do. And then that made it expand. So because of that, they're like looking at doing that with Winnie the Pooh. Which oh, is going to be very interesting. That'd be cool. I, I'm like so fascinated to see that. And that also, flick. yeah, and there used to be a time where you really had to get your movie rated because I, I, like theaters were afraid of it if it wasn't rated. And if it was rated, but like it was, you know, got an NC-17 that was like doom for you. Yeah. And it's just interesting with Terrifier 2. They're like, we're not even going to submit it to the MPA. We're just going to go unrated because we want it to be the vision that we have. And I think it's changing the game a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I know that um, how that all worked was theater chains, like the major, you know, like your AMCs and things like that. The major chain theaters had like strict contracts with the studios that were like anything that's above an R, we will not uh, release in our theater due to, you know, whatever moral hand wringing, you know, puritanical moral hand wringing about like, this is a family establishment, like our ratings. Okay. But nothing above that. But I mean, there's always been exceptions too. Cause like, if I remember correctly, the original evil dead was released under an X rating back in oh, the, wow. uh, back in the day when it came out. And I do believe evil dead two is an NC 17, uh, officially. So it's so like the whole ratings thing is such bullshit. Like, cause I know I've talked about before, but I just finished um, best movie year ever. I think I erroneously called it best movie ever, but best movie called, year, best movie year ever. Mm-hmm. And they talk about boys don't cry, which of course is about Brandon Tina, who, you know, was a transgendered teen. I believe that he was a, a teenager and they had to resubmit that so many times to not get an NC 17. And they had mm-hmm. to take out, and it was all, sex stuff and with like a a trans guy and a woman like with like brandon coming up after like you know having oral sex with his girlfriend and like wiping his mouth like things like that that just a hundred percent like american buy you get away with it was like straight people like it's just such bullshit Uh (laughs) uh-huh yeah and that was i mean of course very long ago but i don't know the things have changed a whole hell of a lot yeah in certain regards for sure but Eh, for sure but now things like Terrifier 2, I don't know. I remember Adam Green uh, Adam Green tried that with Hatchet mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. years ago. One of the Hatchet sequels, they got in or tried to get into theaters as an event movie, like unrated or something, because he kept getting a NC-17 or whatever from the ratings board. So they were just going to release it unrated. But if I remember, that whole thing fell apart. And like, 
I think like one of the theaters ran it for a very, very like not even the amount of time they said they were going to because there was like a bunch of pushback against it. So they dropped it, Um, which is funny to watch now. Terrifier 2. No problem. Nobody cares. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see how the things people try to do because of the success of Terrifier 2. But there's Mm -hmm. just so many things and that come into play on why terrifier two worked like it did like i Mm -hmm. think that the first one was on netflix so lots of people watched it on there but like lots of people who probably went and saw the second one didn't see the first one (laughs) yeah no that's definitely something i was putting together because i'm like i don't think the first one's that widely available even still but it's clowns and clowns are just like creepy as fuck and there was just so many elements about it that that came into play and why it did well. So it'll be mm-hmm. interesting to see how, you know, the things people try to do now and to see what hits and what doesn't. So for sure. I'm very curious. Did you watch, there's this trailer for this movie called Gale, like Dorothy Gale. That's like a dark wizard of Oz. I saw the news about it. I didn't watch the trailer yet, but I saw Ooh, the, it uh, looks good. I like how we live in this era now of uh, all these public domain, like old, uh, like Winnie the Pooh. And Wizard of Oz, <laughs> like you can take that concept and do whatever you want with it. So, yeah. uh, and it's like I, the perfect kind of trailer where you don't really know much about it, which is the only reason I watch it. Someone said that. And so I was like, okay, I'll watch it. Yeah. And it, I can't remember. I think I saw another one that they were talking about some horror movie. Was it like Peter Pan or something? I can't remember. There's like yet mm. another one where they were, there's in, in production a graphic horror movie version of another one of these old kids stories so see and i'll take that over like these disney live action version of cartoons any day because that's Mm -hmm. just the exact same story like i'll take even though they're probably not gonna be all very good if Uh any but i will take uh dramatic reimagining over something rather than just making it come to life with real people because it's just boring yeah and none of those have been anywhere in in my opinion, my humble opinion, uh, none of them have been anywhere near as good as the original like animated classics that oh. they're remaking. Like their original versions still are the better movies for the most part. So, yeah, I watched the live action Beauty and the Beast on acid. And that was the only good thing about it was Be Our Guest was like one of the most mind blowing things I'd ever seen. Yeah. But in general, <laughs> that movie was like, this is not uh, anywhere near as good as the original animated so version bad. that was incredible so yeah yeah emma watson was boring there i mean there's a stage production right like there's some really good music in the stage production that they should have put in the movie and they did it and like i hated the song that they had the beast sing it just uh just <laughs> so bad except for yeah. be our guest i'll i'll probably i probably imagine even now that i'm sober i bet if i watched it i'd still be impressed by it yes yeah, it'll be cool but yeah. but when you're tripping it was particularly exciting wow <laughs> neat <laughs> we didn't get any telegrams this week, but um, our new friend Lauren did send us a, a few little messages. She inquired mm. if um, we had seen the voices, and I know I haven't. Did you see it? I feel like you have. No. Is that the one with Ryan Reynolds in it? Yes. No, I, I always wanted to. I remember having that one like earmarked to something like, this looks very interesting, but I never actually watched it. Well, she says of it, I know this is 100% dark comedy and not horror, but it wasn't on, if it wasn't on your radar already, I can't believe it isn't. I wanted to send it in. I really liked how they succeeded at getting me to genuinely care about Jerry. The way he both loves and hates his hallucinations feels a lot like addiction and the escapism it provides. Mm. And I dig that. She also had um, some interesting ideas for some merch one of which is this is a horror podcast not a charm school 
<laughs> and something involving the phrase horror adjacent. And of course, we do love that. Yes. But I love it. Lauren is our new friend. She writes us often. She also wrote and told us that her daughter auditioned for um, the Adams family. She was hoping to get Wednesday, but she got the part of the of Grandma Adams. And Lauren assured her that that's a better role because it's a character role, which are way more fun. And I agree. I grew up having all the character roles because I was the chubby kid. As much as I wanted to be Aladdin and, you know, all these other things. I learned at a very early age, you just sell the shit out of a character role and everyone will leave talking about you. So, a hundred percent, go get it, Lauren's daughter. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, this is why, you know, as a kid, I was always drawn to the monsters because I'm like, that's the real star of anything. Like, Heck nobody yeah. cares about the hero. Everyone cares about what the monster's doing. So, yeah. And we still have a New Jersey stalker. That's what I'm going to call them. Um, I, I mean, that's not a negative thing. That is an amazing thing. But in this past week, someone in Newark, New Jersey, or Passaic, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but those two cities have just, it's got to be probably one person who's traveling to and from work between Newark and Passaic. I don't know who it is, but they've been listening to a lot. I still feel like it could be Lauren, but Lauren said that she's not in New Jersey, so... But I'll take it. I'll take I'll take the listens, the downloads. Unless, unless somebody's got one of those, uh, you know, what do they call them? Uh, that protects your IP address. A VPN? Of, yeah, a VPN. Unless they're on one of those and it's like bouncing them somewhere <laughs> else, you know, so we don't actually know where they are. But It could be. But if you want to write us, scaringasharing at gmail.com, please send us a message. Let us know whatever you want, what you're watching, what you want us to watch, what you love, what you hate. And you can also follow us on Instagram, Scaring and Sharing. Slide into our DMs. Yeah, I feel like that's some. Uh, it's been a while since we've uh, had recommendations that we've watched because we we are known to do that. If you guys have uh, movie recommendations that neither of us have seen, uh, we may cover it. So and Lauren just did the voices, which is yep. A, yep a surprise. We have not seen it before, so very very excited. So that'll go on the list. It will go on the list. And anything else, Jeremy? Any other news views? No, I feel like I had, I always, I always feel like I have something. And then by the time I need to write these things down, but you know, I, 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 I'm a scattered person. That's just how I live my life. I did also watch Hatching, which friend of the podcast Nico has recommended. It's Finnish, I believe. And it's about like this girl who finds this egg and then it grows huge. And then this creepy bird pops out of it. It seems very metaphorical. And I, I didn't know exactly oh, wow. what I was trying to say. It was interesting for sure, but I did not love it, but I gave it some props for whatever the multiple themes it was trying to tackle. It was oh. very bizarre, but the animatronics or the puppetry, whatever with like this giant creepy bird were yeah. really, really cool. So I, did, oh. I dug that. I remember how could I forget such such uh, saddening news for me was uh, a big rest in peace to Batman himself. Kevin Conroy passed away the other day, who I feel like if you're fans of horror, a lot of you probably dig Batman, too, if you're into superheroes at all. And he was, you know, the voice of Batman to me, uh, for sure. And a lot of uh, a lot of people like me that grew up watching Batman, the animated series, and then all these related uh uh movie spin-offs and video games that he he was the voice of Batman uh and he did some really dark and interesting twisted work with that so it, it's you know sad news to hear uh uh that he's no longer with us that is sad and i know i'm sure affected a lot of people 
who listened. Yeah. Who, he was indeed their Batman. Yeah, it was a big, I saw it all, all on social media. I was like, wow, what a big, uh, especially for a name, you know, most people think of your Michael Keatons and your Christian Bales and your, you know, Robert Pattinson now, like the really famous big names, but it was incredible to see uh, how many tributes to Kevin Conroy there were uh, from, you know, big news sources uh, referring to him as Batman. So that was, that was kind of uh, incredible. Rest in peace. Yes, indeed. It's funny the celebrity uh, passings that affect you. You never can tell which ones are going to hit, like, you know, because uh, many are like, oh, it's sad, but there are some that you actually do feel some grief where you're like, wow, I was really connected to that person's work then. Like, I didn't anticipate that I would be legitimately saddened by hearing that. So I know, like Leslie Jordan was the, the one that's affected me the most recently because he was yeah. just... And he brought joy to so many people, especially like during the pandemic. Oh, yeah. I followed his Instagram. He was just incredible Uh, on there. Yeah. Just so, so heartbreaking. Yeah. So that's been the the big one that's tore out my heart. Mm -hmm. I get it. Well, shall we, on that positive note, Mm -hmm. get to our shares? I think so. I think it's time to do the sharing. What scares Um, are you going to share with me, Jeremy? Mm, I came into this morning with a couple ideas and I don't know, one of them, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it at some point, but maybe not today, but I'm thinking uh, my share today is going to be the Wolfman, the original, the Wolfman. Well, it's a guy who turns into a werewolf, but um, I don't know if it's like, I mean, he's, I don't know how he gets there. Like, I feel like getting bit by a wolf, I feel like that comes, like, later in life. But, so, I'm going to say somehow he's cursed as opposed to getting bitten. And I know that, I don't think he, like, wants to be a werewolf. I know we've talked about that it's possibly, you know, sort of like uh, metaphorical for maybe, like, addiction or being gay. Even if that's just like, you know, wasn't implied at the time that people have like thought of it as such. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say about that. But mm-hmm. um, I know that there are sequels. So I feel like he is going to die in it, though. And I don't think Silver Bullet comes around till later. So I don't know what's going to kill him. I think he's just going to get shot, but there's not going to be like, oh, it must be a Silver Bullet. But then I think the sequels won't involve him per se, but just the the curse. The curse of the Wolfman. Is that one of the names of the sequels? No, no, not quite. <laughs> not, well, it, it, uh, there is Hammer Horror uh, did their own uh, werewolf movie that was based off of the or sort of a take off of the Wolfman that they called The Curse of the Werewolf, but it's not officially okay. related to Universal's Wolfman movies. But yeah, I'm knowing what I know about werewolves, which is mostly Silver Bullet, quite honestly, I'm mm-hmm. very uh, interested to hear all the info you have, because I'm sure you have plenty. I got plenty about this one, so yeah. it should be fun. Cool. And I am going to give you, sticking with my giving you movies of 2022, Hellbender. Hmm. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know a lot about this one plot wise i feel like it's some kind of witchcraft story i believe um i know that uh i think it's the one i'm thinking of where it was an indie flick and like a family made it like the filmmakers are like a family unit uh if i recall so 
Uh, I know it's an indie like devilry and witchcraft, I think, sort of thing. So I'm excited to uh, watch this. For some reason, I think there's a music angle or like a rock music angle to it as well. But we'll see. We will see. All right. Well, let's watch them and we'll come back and we'll talk about them. Cool. Don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. to talk about the movies we just watched you're gonna talk about them i'm gonna talk about them we're all gonna talk about them i hope so i hope people are listening and like talking at the (laughs) uh whatever they're using to listen that's all we can hope for is we're that engaging that (laughs) you're just like i agree i hope is everything you're saying that everything you know we say is perfect and you all agree with it okay okay but probably not most people are like those idiots (laughs) Let's get to it. All right. First up is the Wolfman. Not the Wolfman, because this title is actually two words. I know the remake, they made it one word for some reason. I have a question about that. Yeah, I have no idea why they did that. But uh, directed by George Wagner, um, who I don't know if he's a a big director or not from the golden age of Hollywood. Cause I'm unfamiliar with like anything else he did. So it looks like he did some other horror movies at universal, uh, some lesser, none of the, uh, doesn't look like he did any of the other big monsters, but the Wolfman, directed by George Wagner from 1941. The, just the tagline is his hideous howl, a dirge of death. That's kind of cool. And the description is after his brother's death, Larry Talbot returns home to his father and the family estate. Events soon take a turn for the worse when Larry is bitten by a werewolf. What does dirge mean? Uh, A dirge, like a, I think of like a funeral dirge. It's like a somber uh, song or like, you know, what a dirge, like, like the death knell. You know, like a a somber sound signifying death, usually, I think. Interesting. Yeah, it would have been interesting if they would have made the remake of The Invisible Man, The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man, yeah. (laughs) But it also made me wonder, because Texas Chainsaw Massacre, when you see the original, chain and saw are two different words. Yeah, which is incorrect. But isn't that how, like, literally the movie has it? Yeah, the movie spelled it. Yeah, that's what they did. Uh, but so that's weird. A, that's a spelling error because chainsaw is one word. I know, uh, but I've always been so weirded out by that. But let, yeah. that made me think of that here because I was thinking of the wolf man, the wolfman, and just all of these things. But mm-hmm. okay, so I think this movie is fine, right? Like it has all of these, like if you're into like these horror icon legends, you got Claude Rains and Bella Lugosi mm-hmm. and Lon Chaney Jr. Like you have all of them in there, which is yeah. impressive. Like I wouldn't have known who Claude Rains was before you gave me the invisible man, except for mm-hmm. his name in the Rocky horror song. But it, it was fun to see them all. And I didn't know it was Bella Lugosi until I watched. Um, Cause th- there's a kill count about the mm-hmm. Wolfman, which was great. Did you watch it? No, no, okay. I haven't. I haven't dug into those. I know he started doing some of the classic, you yes. know, the universal golden age monsters, but I haven't dug into those yet. So I really need to. Yeah. I thought that was, it was funny. Talked about how the little poem that they say about the werewolf changes mm-hmm. in some of the sequels. And that's where the full yes. moon came about. Yep. So it's 
fast. So, okay. While I think the movie is just fine, like I don't love it. I think Larry's like a total perv, <laughs> like a creeper. Yeah, right. Right. Like, what a creeper. And then I think like the lead girl, like at the end, I'm just like, why? Everyone's trying to like tell you like stop. And she just keeps running after him. I mean, I wish she would have died. Spoiler uh-huh. alert. It's very old. It's like 80s, 80 years old. Um, But yeah, so I didn't love the movie, but now like going into it, I was like, well, surely he's not going to get bitten by a wolf. Surely there's not going to be silver bullet. But like all those things were sort of made from this movie. Yeah. This is like ground zero of the werewolf. Which is also because I wrote this before listening to the kill count, but I was like, okay, so obviously Dracula, the invisible man, Frankenstein, those are all based on literature. I'm like, what is this based on? And he talked about that and he talked about how it was, you know, there's um, lycanthropy. I'm saying that right, right? Like can't like canthropy. Like canthropy. Like canthropy. I can't stand it. That's how I say it, but I don't know if that's (laughs) correct either, but. But that that's obviously like an old sort of legend, but that this movie really takes the werewolf and turns it into what it is. So crazy. It is. It's fascinating, too, because you go back to old folklore and like at at their earliest, a lot of old uh, folktales about werewolves didn't even include them turning into a wolf. Like the idea, if you were afflicted by lycanthropy, as they called it, it was more you thought you became a wolf and you turned into like a murderous maniac. But yeah. like a, a physical transformation didn't actually occur. Uh, and that comes in in later like fiction. Yeah. So, I mean, that's all fascinating. And if I loved werewolves, I'd probably be even more so like goo goo gaga about this. But I just thought it was fine. Like I did not mm-hmm. hate it. It is short super short it has that super abrupt ending where you're just like (laughs) story's done yep i found it so odd that like when the first werewolf attacks it is like a dog and then he turns Mm -hmm. into a fuzzy guy (laughs) i'm like well which is it (laughs) yeah i i don't know why that happens but and like watching that time lapse of like his feet and stuff must have like at the time must have been like, holy shit, like it must have been so crazy. Actually, I might have an answer for that, possibly, okay. which I, I think that might come from. I remember Kurt uh, Siodmak, the screenwriter of this. He was, you know, a famous uh, screenwriter of horror and noir films from uh back in this era uh i guess his original intention with the script was that we would never actually know if larry was turning into a wolf or not or whether he was just crazy they didn't actually want to show the werewolf just the aftermath of like the things he had done i would have liked that more without remembering but of course the studio was like no we must have a monster and i think some of that i think it was already filming like when these fights were happening so the the wolf the werewolf uh uh, makeup got you know brought in after the fact like it, it it got rushed in there they used a leftover design from werewolf of london that's what it was an earlier attempt at a werewolf movie universal had done which had like a fully like it was supposed to be makeup similar to what ended up in this movie but henry hole the actor in werewolf of london didn't want his he's like i'm not wearing all that shit essentially is what he said so they had to give him he when he turns into a werewolf he just looks kind of like an angrier caveman version of himself so they didn't give him the full hirsute look and um james a janice talks about how the makeup guy and um lon cheney jr did not get along very well <laughs> that's kind of the story here is lon cheney 
Jr. was a very troubled man. Uh, I know he specifically had issues with the bottle through most of his career. Uh, and so that led to most people being like, he was hard to work with. Like he had not that many friends along the way. So well, they talked about how the makeup man would like intentionally burn him and stuff. Oof. Yeah. Like, cause like they put fur on his face and then like singe it or something. <laughs> like it sounded mm. like a very horrible process. Yeah. So I don't blame him. And I also didn't know Werewolf of London. Like I always thought an American Werewolf in London was the first of its kind. I didn't know that there was this movie called Werewolf of London until yeah, which the yeah, uh, and, yeah, and uh, you know, uh, John Landis was obviously very influenced by uh, the Wolfman and Werewolf of London in making an American Werewolf in London. So there were two scenes that I loved. I mean, I love like a foggy moor or whatever you want to call it, like in the woods. Like it was, and that's not a moor, but I wanted to just say that word because it's fun. Mm-hmm. But like I loved that like set piece, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really loved when he came into the church and like everyone turns around and like looks at him. It's just like such a powerful scene. Scene, even though it's like, why are they all doing that? But I I, I like that that to believe that that's in his head, like that everyone is yeah. just like we know what you've done. And then I really liked the the trippy like compilation montage thing right before he transformed like when he like puts his arm up on like that tree mm-hmm. and he sort of just stares right into the camera i just thought that was so cool yeah yeah the, the transformations they're pretty pretty fun and they they get cooler as the the sequels continued um because they you know kind of got it down to a science of course putting the makeup on lon cheney so the transformation sequences get slightly more elaborate as the sequels went on yeah and I thought he was fine. Um, it was interesting that the, um, I don't know what the proper word, James Anjanis talks about how you shouldn't say the word gypsy. There's another word he yeah. used, another like couple of words. A Romany. A, a Romany? Yeah, the Romany people. That's oh, actually because they they're are... from Rome? Uh, no, uh, I can't well, that remember. That would be Romanian. Yeah, I, I don't remember where that comes from, but that's actually what that ethnic group is called is Romany. Romany. Yep. She goes through all of these things to like save Larry from not being a vam. I mean, a werewolf and to not doing harm, but like her son, she uh, Mm -hmm. uh, didn't seem to have done any of those things for him. (laughs) Not for Bella. He was a lost cause. Apparently. That's so funny. So what is the order of these films? Of the big ones, which I would say are Dracula, Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, The Invisible Man and the Mummy, and this. So this is late. Um, okay. Most of the ones you just listed are all in the early 30s. Because uh, Dracula came out first, and then Frankenstein shortly thereafter came out, like I think months after Dracula. Uh, and then uh, the next year in 32 is when you have uh, the mummy 33 is the invisible man. Uh, I think bride of Frankenstein is 34, maybe slightly after those. Um, but the Wolfman came out in 41 and it's like the new cycle of monster movies. This was like the big hit of that next wave. Uh, and he became like the next iconic monster. Cause I was, it was interesting. I was looking at a list of like all of the Universal monster movies ranked, and mm-hmm. they had two Draculas that came out in 1931. Hmm. Oh, yes, that's correct. That's the uh, the Spanish language version. Oh, it was ranked very high. 
I don't know why. That's another one of those weird ones where like, I think it was as an oddity, like gained this reputation as being like great. Um, and I don't know, a lot of people for a while, people were saying it's better than the Bella Lugosi English language version. But now people are kind of swinging back where they're like, nah, I don't think it's as good. Um, and it, how that happened, too, was it was early in sound. Like Dracula is the first sound horror movie produced in the United States. Um, so sound was uh, an early thing. They didn't know what to do. We're like, what if we want to sell this in another market? Overdubbing, you know, was not an idea they had yet to be like, oh, we'll just record voice actors in whatever language and put it over the existing film. So yeah. they, sh- they were shooting completely uh, wow. almost identical alternate movies, but with a Spanish speaking cast to release in Mexico. And that's how that happened. Huh? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting because for some reason that movie is like a half hour longer than the English language version. Like Weird. apparently, yeah, apparently they kept the full script. Whereas for some reason, when they made it in English, they censors or whoever decided there was a bunch of stuff that was too much for American sensibilities. So they cut it out. Now, I kept thinking I was going to see, because in Terror in the Isles, there's a scene of the wolfman's face changing, but that must mm-hmm. be from, like... That's one of the sequels. Abbott and Costello? It's, yeah, I think it's either from uh, Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein? Because um, Lon Chaney would go on to reprise the wolfman in Frankenstein meets the wolfman, which is the sequel to this movie. It continues the story somewhat from this movie. Uh, and then he would appear in House of Frankenstein, House of Dracula, and Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. So it's from one of those. It's so weird because then he and Bela Lugosi were like swap parts. Yeah. Yep. They kept like flipping stuff. That's uh, so weird. Yeah. They they ended up kind of getting uh, going out for the same roles at this point. I do know that like Bella and Lon Chaney hated each other personally. So uh, I feel like there's a whole. Uh, a feud TV series or something, a movie, uh, <laughs> a movie uh, version of that would be interesting because they came to physical blows apparently multiple times on wow. sets together. So yeah, they very much disliked each other. Interesting. Yeah. And then also James Agenies talked about how one of the characters in this was the doctor in Rosemary's Baby. Oh yeah, that's right. Like one of the younger guys. Yep, because he would be older in Rosemary's Baby. So. Yes, yes. Yep. Fascinating. Yeah. I It was very pretty. The version I watched was just stunning to look oh, at. Oh, yeah. There's some really good restorations Universal's been doing of these. So yeah. that's, uh, that's good news on the film preservation front. These things will yeah. be around forever. And I, I do, uh, I, I don't know. I, this, this is like Lon Chaney Jr.'s role. Like, I don't think he played anything nearly as good as he nailed the Larry Talbot character. Uh, and I do wonder if it has to do with, uh, you know, his own life, his struggles with alcoholism that like plagued his entire career. I wonder if he was drawing from something, you know, very personal to play this tortured because that's as he continues, that's all Larry's main thing is just, he's tortured by this curse. Like that's most of the character is there standing there looking sad uh, and is, you know, suicidal in later movies because he's a werewolf. And I wonder how much was coming from like real uh, experiences for him. Yeah. And of all the things that stuck, like the silver bullet and the bitten by the wolf and all of that, the pentagram thing really 
sort of went away. I, I don't yeah. remember anything else. And I didn't care for that. It was kind of dumb. Yeah. It seems like a little like too much extra. <laughs> You're like, how much yeah. how much more occult ephemera do we need around the yeah. werewolf? Like, I like to got... think that it's not so occulty and it's something more earthy. Yeah, bestial and just yeah, it's it's nature run amok. Yeah. It is funny too. A lot of what you were guessing about the plot for this thing is more in line with the hammer movie Curse of the Werewolf, where it is you know, he's not bitten by a wolf. It's just a family curse and blah, blah, blah. So okay, uh, you were kind of, I was like, wow, you're, you're reciting the plot almost exactly of that version of uh, the werewolf story. So. Yep. Hmm. I knew it. I mm-hmm. knew it. You knew one, you knew one was like that. Yep. So unless you have anything else to add, I guess let's get to it. Um, out of, uh, out of five, uh, wolf-headed, silver-tipped canes. How many do you give it? It's probably gonna break your heart, but I'm gonna give it three. A three? Eh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I know most of these are a gamble. So, um, <laughs> what mine's do you five. Give it? Five. I just adore this. This is like a comfort movie for me. I realized, like, I've seen it like a hundred times throughout my life, probably. Uh, and this is one of those ones like I can throw this movie on and just have it play. And I know, you know, I can come in and out of it. It's just like comforting background noise. I've seen it so many times. So I got to go with five. And the fact that it created like the werewolf genre as we know it. Period. I know. And that's like, if I liked the werewolf genre more, I would be like, oh, I got to give a more for that. But yeah, I'm no. like werewolves, schmerewolves. Yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I love the wolves. But still, it gets a scare of approval. It's a scare of approval still, people. It so. still is. Still is. Still, still okay. is exciting. Check it out. No, I think I've watched almost all of the the core yeah. movies. I, I think you have. Um, Looking at that list, I didn't know that there was an invisible woman. Yeah. Yeah. One of the one of the follow-ups to the invisible man. I mean, I would hope that it was. Yeah. I mean, well, technically, because some would argue like. The Invisible Man series uh, features movies that are not like necessarily direct sequels to each other. They kind of just kept plugging the invisible concept into different scenarios. Ah, okay. All right. Well, let's move on to once again, 2022, because that's what I'm all about. I mean, technically, I think it says 2021. Yeah, online I saw it said 2021. but... But it is it came out in February of this year. Yeah. So the tagline for Hellbender, which is directed by John Adams, Zelda Adams, and Toby Poser, is Growing Up is Hell. And the description on IMDb that's short and succinct a lonely teen discovers her family's ties to witchcraft. Cool. <laughs> what did you think of Hellbender? I don't know. I thought this was a cool little flick. Like I definitely was uh, uh, in the beginning. I was like, okay, it's a witchcraft movie, which we've discussed. I like that. That's a underrepresented uh, subgenre. I think of horror is a really good witchcraft movie. And uh, so that opening sequence of like the execution of that witch and all that, I just thought that was really. And I think by other witches. Like at first, the first time I watched, I didn't think that. But this time I'm like, oh, they're all women. And yeah, yeah. 
yeah, after after the fact, reflecting on it, I'm like, OK, I think that's what was going on there. Yeah, that was like okay. that was the past of the family line, I'm assuming. Um, and that was cool. Uh, it definitely started to win me over with its unique charm of the freaking like band practice sequences. I'm I like, thought so. I was like, this is silly, but very fun. Just their little rock band. I don't know. I feel like there's not like really a lot of plot going on here like to follow you know it's just a bunch of trippy shit which i thought was cool um and kind of like interconnected vignettes if you will uh featuring the characters so uh yeah i thought it i just thought it was weird and interesting and cool and the fact that it was just a family that made this during covid awesome yeah i think that is so cool and i just love that that mom oh my god her hair like if i was a woman i'd want that curly dark hair i mean i'd probably want curly red hair that's like what i've always been drawn to back in my straight days <laughs> mm-hmm. was redheads and especially curly curly hair uh but yeah i just like how fun it must have been for the family to and like i just wonder like whose idea because i haven't watched any interviews with them or anything but i'm like where did the idea spawn from and were they all just like oh fuck yeah <laughs> you know there's yeah. two albums on itunes music with songs that they sing oh cool so, like i'm like i kind of want to check those out because i really loved there was like a armageddon song or something that i really liked yeah um, and i've i've noted i see online it looks like they did some other movies too, whether those are features or shorts or what, I wasn't sure, but it looks like they've done other film work together. So that's cool. And it's totally rough around the edges, but I think there's a lot, like you could tell how much they must have enjoyed doing it together. And that it was like this collaborative thing because even her little friend is her sister in real life. Did you know that? Uh, Yeah. When I looked at the credits, I, and you can also, once you know it, like you just like, Oh yeah, you can like see it. Like, even though one is dark haired, one's blonde, you can totally see that. Yeah. Um, But it, yeah, it does. It isn't so linear. I mean, it is, it does follow like from this time to that time, but like big chunks of time go by where all of a sudden it's summer and now it's like winter time has gone by and you don't know necessarily what the main young girl Izzy has been like going through, but you know, she's been changing and evolving once she sort of finds out um, like what's going on with her. I loved the key coming through the hand. Like, I just think it's such a powerful like image and Mm -hmm. I think it looks so good. I love that. Yeah. It's me every time. Yeah. And um, there, I really feel like there's something to be said here with this movie's uh, theme, like the big theme. I was connecting to is this idea of the cyclical nature of parenthood of having children, raising children, the children then kind of replace you. And now, you know, you start to cycle into the subservient role where the child now child becomes the parent sort of thing and just repeats and repeats and repeats. And sort of nature versus nurture. Like yeah. She's like, Oh, well, if I, if she never knows about it, then she, she won't become this hellbender this bad witch which if you haven't seen the movie that's what a hellbender is is sort of like a like an evil witch or witch who can do demonic demonic, witch yeah Yeah. which i loved those effects at the end when they turn into them and their faces i just think it's i like that it doesn't rely on like jump scares like a couple of times where you would have a typical movie really use a jump scare sound and stuff like when the hiker turns around and like the mom is like right behind him there's mm-hmm. no like stinger sound 
Yeah. Like that doesn't happen. And I just, I appreciate that. That it's like, we're not going to be your typical movie. We are going to have these weird montages and this weird trippy shit. But I just think it's, I don't, I find it really cool. And I just, I don't know. There's just something like warm in my heart for it. It also feels kind of like a witch version of Carrie. Yeah. I mean, Carrie may have been a witch. I mean, she was telekinetic. Maybe she was a witch. Yeah. Witch powers. But it kind of felt like that with like a more a mom that you could more relate to and that you were sort of more behind. Like you, yeah, she had like some heart and she tried to just kill animals as opposed to people. Yep. I do wonder when she kills, spoiler alerts, <laughs> when she kills the hiker, like why she does it. Like, I wonder if she's just like, because she seems to like taste his blood and then decide to just like blow him up. Or yeah. Like disintegrate him. So I don't know. Like, and I feel like he's listed as something. Hold on. He's listed as, oh, uncle, because he's that girl. He's the uncle uncle of the girl. Yep. Right. And he says, you look like my niece, which is funny since they are sisters. (laughs) Yep. They're sisters. And that was dad, right? The the uncle. Yeah. That's the dad. He's so hot. Yeah. Yeah, So that was the thing, too. The acting is definitely like uh, feels amateurish at times. Um, but what I think makes it work is the fact that they're related to each other. So there's like genuine connection between uh, the performers since most of the cast are related to each other. It like feels authentic in a way that, you know, uh, definitely saves the uh, works for the whole piece. Yeah. And there's also just something about it that I find it seems to tell a well tread, well trodden. Which mm-hmm. is it? Tread, trodden, trod, well trod, a well trod story. Yeah, that doesn't sound right. Um, but I feel like it does it in a unique way. I feel like bringing in the music and the montages and sort of not spoon feeding us everything. Like there's just times where I'm like, I don't fully understand what's going on. I, the mythology of it all seems like they know what it is, and we just yeah. get like little bits here and there. But I'm okay with that. Like again, I don't like to for someone to spoon feed me yeah and i think it all works like yeah the mythology feels really dense and half the time i wasn't even sure like what the backstory even is or what's even going on but it all works in this piece for what it is yeah and i love when the mom says if you break my heart i'll devour you and they're Mm -hmm. blowing up they're throwing up blood all over each other i just think that that's so gross and so awesome and only something you could do with your mom right (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And all stuff, again, everything feels like the deepest like metaphors are for like parenthood and family and those sorts of things. So And the blood that like ties you or. Yeah, for yeah. sure. That's kind of what I was thinking about. And just how like, you know, family, what not easy or, you know, clean connections any of those are. So. And I didn't hate the music. Like I'm not normally into this kind of music, but mm-hmm. I think there's something to it being like, like female led and i actually did kind of like it i'm gonna listen to it on apple music i'm gonna yeah yeah they did some cool uh some cool rock and roll in there and i'm always about that so yeah you are you love yeah. rock and roll hell yeah well anything else to say no that's about it just you know this is not like anything i've ever seen like i'm struggling to find any comparisons really that i think do it justice so that should uh i think that should peak people's interest enough to like check this thing out it's not going to be like 
anything you're used to. Maybe like a satanic Josie and the Pussycats. I don't know. Like, <laughs> Oh my it, God, I love it, that. Yeah, it's hard to come up with a good comparison. So yeah, check this out. Yeah, I mean, so far, uh, spoiler alert, it's on my top 10 of the year, just because there's other things that I think are good, but they feel too stylish. And this one just feels, I don't know. Just right. Just right. Yeah. All right. Well, out of five keys bursting through your hand. Uh, I give it a four. I'm giving it a four, too. Cool. There is another. Scare of approval. Yes. We're back on that approval train. (laughs) Well, what if I give you something horrible next week? (laughs) What if I give you something horrible and we do it again? Oh, God. (laughs) I got a couple. I got a couple. Yeah, me too. Well, Jeremy, as always, so good to have you hang out with me for some time and give me some Absolutely. Every time. It's just, this is such such a treat and I look forward to it weekly. Like, this is... Such a good, Same. fun time. We love it. Hopefully you guys love it. Keep coming back. Yeah, write to us, scaringasharing at gmail.com. Follow us on Insta, scaringasharing, all one word. Yeah, uh, as we said earlier, ask us about things. Have we seen this movie? Do we plan to cover this movie? Is there stuff you want us to talk about? Um, get at us. Yeah, get at us, buddy. Smash that subscribe button. Rate, <laughs> <laughs> write, and review. Yeah, please, please. <laughs> Spread the word. And hail Paymon. And keep watching the skies. And keep watching scary movies and talking about them because... Scaring is sharing. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.